Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday night, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live. Late Night Reds Talk Live is part of the Believe Podcast Network. We are sponsored by our good friends at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments from the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. As you can see, if you're tuning in live, our good pal Nick Kirby took took the night off. We give him one of those occasionally, I guess. This actually, I think this is the first week he ever took off. Uh, he was supposed to be in Cleveland tonight for the game. Obviously, the game got canceled, but I am Tim Daniel. I am here, as always, with our good pal, former Major League pitcher himself, Mr. Carlos Guevara. Just the two of us tonight. Let's see if we can keep this keep this on track. Just the two of us. That's what we need. We need that music in the that's yeah. right there. That'll be nice. And also joining us, very excited for a first-time guest to be with us on the show. Um, you can check her out. Actually, she'll be on the, sh- on the pregame postgame show tomorrow for Valley Sports Ohio. Welcome to the show, Miss Annie Sabo. Thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us, especially now that your day just got crazier. <laughs> no problem, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, going to do this. Going to hop on a plane early tomorrow morning to head back to Cincinnati from Tampa, Florida, and do some postgame coverage of the Guardians Reds take two. Yeah. <laughs> so how excited are you that, uh, and you know, if you don't pay attention, you can totally tell us it wouldn't offend me. But how excited are you that the Bengals will be there in Tampa this year for a football game? You don't have to come to Cincinnati for that. <laughs> I'm excited. I've gotten several phone calls from friends asking if I can get them uh, Buccaneers Bengals tickets. I used to work for the Bucks when I was here in Tampa a few years ago. My answer is no, that Tom Brady has gotten here. It's The ticket sales have gone absolutely insane. I can so imagine. No tickets. Um, but do I hope to go to the game? Absolutely. Can't wait for it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I I would also like to be in Tampa Bay in December. That doesn't sound terrible at all compared to what we were talking about before we got on air and just how you guys are, you guys both live away from here. So you don't like snow, what's that? Don't have to deal with it. One time I drove in the snow from Cincinnati to Ann Arbor, Michigan in a blizzard. And we'll never do that again. But scarred for life. Uh, worked in Texas for a couple of years. South Texas, uh, shout out Corpus Christi. And then I kind of bounced around to Florida. Then I went to Minnesota where it was very cold. Then Cincinnati though, it's a different type of cold than, than, uh, Michigan and Minnesota. Cincinnati isn't that cold, but still not a big winter fan. I, I, I'm not either, but I'm still here. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to eventually make that not the case. Um, but look, you know, we've got a little time with you. We're so excited. You took some time to join us. Um, obviously I want to kind of get your thoughts. Uh, we'll talk about the current team, but for you, obviously growing up around the franchise, um, you know, growing up as a part of like the Reds community and the fan base, what has this year been like to be back covering the team? Well, I wish this team would have started the year a little bit better. The first 25 were a little bit rough, but now they've kind of gotten things together. They've won what seven of their last 11. So things are definitely looking up. 
I would say it's been incredible. I haven't been back to Cincinnati in quite some time. I've been bounced around in this crazy TV career for about seven years now and getting the opportunity to to go back home in a city that I'm rather familiar with having grown up in Montgomery. Uh, the Montgomery area of Cincinnati is just a dream come true for me. And I think Great American Ballpark is still one of the best ballparks in all the country. I've been to many in my in my uh, 29 years of life. And so it's been it's been great. Everyone within the Reds organization and with Bally Sports Ohio are just incredible, have so much experience and are just so much fun to work with. So it's been uh, it's been a blessing. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Do you have like a lot of, I mean, do you have like a lot of memories of stars like the childhood coming into like the ballpark is obviously with your dad being Chris Sabo. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of great stories you have from those days in the 90s, especially when he came back in the later 90s. And Yeah, um, one of them, my mom had to refresh my memory. I covered Reds opening day this past year, and she had told me that every home game she would take me in to the kids club, they called it. All the former players or players that played with my dad would would bring their kids and we'd have babysitters that would kind of watch us underneath the stadium and I remember I cannot remember her name but my mom called me an opportunist and by that she meant that anyone who had a snack in the playroom that's the person I was hanging out with Doritos <laughs> Cheetos anything that's who I was playing with no matter who it was I was going to play with a kid at the snacks and so I definitely remember that um just growing up on ballpark food for sure I still have an affinity for all ballpark food, stadium food. That's my favorite food group. Uh, my my cheat meal, if you will. So going to the kids' playroom definitely was was an experience for me. And then just when I was older, just realizing going to Bengals games. Loved going to Bengals games when I was in high school. My dad took me one year, and just realizing how many people love my dad, and uh, it. it, it it's it's awesome. I mean, I'm proud of my dad's career and just everything that he's helped me in my career uh, get through. Um, it's been a crazy experience growing up with a dad like my dad. He's still the same guy like he was playing for the Cincinnati Reds. Same hairstyle for my entire life. Um, but no, it's been super cool. And those are some of the memories that I have. And um, looking forward to bringing my dad to the ballpark in June. Your dad's almost like, and obviously we're going to take some time. To, we'll definitely, you know obviously talk about your career and everything here um but i'm sure for you um what's that like knowing like obviously not the fact that your dad was a professional athlete but here like you said like your dad's so beloved um part of a world series you know rookie of the year the rec specs are like he's the name everyone comes up with him and horace grant and all of sports they're the two that are brought up so like what is that like being like seeing that and just knowing like how much he's still loved and how much people care like care and respect and like still adore him? What's that like for you? It's heartwarming. Um, you know, all these years later, I didn't necessarily think that my dad would still be this big of a deal in Cincinnati. And going back this year, realizing that he is still quote unquote a big deal. Uh I remember on opening day, our coverage, there were so many Sabo jerseys out in the banks area outside of great American ballpark. And even I took my husband to a game when he was in town in Cincinnati and there were still so many Sabo jerseys around. So there's, of course, there's a sense of pride uh, involved in that. Um, it's, it's been a great run, but to us, I mean, he's just dad. He's been the same, sure. you know, on the baseball field, off the baseball field, even now. I mean, he just turned 60 this year. He is still the same person. Doesn't like the limelight uh, is still very quiet, but goes about his business in his way in a way that, you know, uh, doesn't want a lot of uh, credit or attention for anything. He's still the same guy. And, um, yeah, I would say heartwarming. Um, 
very happy that he's still so beloved in Cincinnati. It's helped me in my career. I mean, everyone uh, has been nice to me so far because they've liked my dad so much. Um, but no, I mean, he's he's a great father off off you know the baseball field and when I, whenever he's not coaching. But um, it's awesome, and I'm I'm just happy to. I'm very lucky to have a dad like him. That's awesome. Um, so I just have one question before we move on from your dad. Yeah. Um, so I played in the minor leagues with the Reds and, you know, I got to spend a couple of spring trainings with your dad there and got to know him. Did he ever mention how much he hated pitchers to you guys growing up? Because <laughs> that is like the one thing that I took from Chris Sable being my coach was how much he hated us pitchers. <laughs> I don't know if I would use the word hate. He just always- but I love hate, you know, yeah, I, within I think, the game, within the game. I think he always referred to them as just a different breed. <laughs> and whatever he meant by that, I didn't really follow up. I just yeah. kind of assumed that when I was growing up, they're a different breed. You know, the position players and pitchers are two different breeds, whatever that meant. But I never really yeah. dived deeper it's... into the topic. But no, I wouldn't say hate because he has a lot of friends, former Reds yeah. that, are, that are pitchers. But I just think, I don't know what he thinks. I just think he thinks of uh, position players and pitchers two different. No. But so yeah. that's. That is something that my dad would totally say. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> that's funny. It is because it's always like from the start of spring training, it's pitchers over here and right. position players over here. And then whenever you start the season, pitch position players stretch at a different time than the pitchers do. And it's kind of like a seventh, eighth grade dance, like guys over here, girls over here. <laughs> we could probably mingle and get along, but eh, you guys stay over there. You stay with your two separate <laughs> groups. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I do want to kind of so we'll talk a little bit here. Um, I do want to obviously get your thoughts on the team, but I know like I have to ask this because last year we had John on Sadak, and he's been a guest of ours now. Become he is awesome, friends, by the way, and his the best, just the best. Um, and he had a really great story about when he like got going through the process of becoming the TV anchor for the Reds, and it was like a really cool story. So I was wondering, like, for you, obviously, like I said, you you were you're in the Tampa area. You used to work for the Buccaneers. Uh, what was that process like for you, as far as like getting on the role here, being part of the Reds uh, Reds broadcast team? It was wild. Um, I left my job at Valley Sports North in Minnesota, where I was doing NBA coverage and covering the Twins, because I was getting married this past December, and I just couldn't figure out a way to get married and do wedding planning and still do an NBA season and finish out the regular baseball season. I was like, there's no way I can do this. And so I left a very good job and I loved all the people in Minnesota and kind of took a leap of faith to move back here with my, with my now husband and my family here in Tampa jobless, basically Um, worked for the big 10 network in the fall, which kind of, you know, an opportunity that came up out of the blue. So that finished I got married. Then there was a period of time for about three months or so where I was just trying to figure out, do I have to move again? What's going to happen in terms of jobs? And then I kind of reached out to a few people in the Bally Sports North family. And I got a call from from Bally Sports Ohio and the Reds. And they had just asked me to fill in or help them with opening day coverage, the home opener, that is. And I said, yeah, sure. It was going to be one game and that's it. I was I was thankful to get anything. And then they kind of realized a few weeks down the road that Brian, who I kind of fell in for here and there, was going to be really busy with 
Blue Jackets hockey season, and they were going to be needing a lot more help that they than they originally had bargained for. And then I kind of got slotted into that spot as you know the, the fill-in for Brian when he was finishing out hockey season, and whenever he wants to take a vacation with his family, I kind of slide in. So it kind of all happened. Everything kind of fell into place. I was not expecting to have this job by any means. Started with an email and then a phone call expecting to do one game for the for the team. That was it. And it's turned into a lot more than that. And I'm just so happy that it has because I've really loved my time in Cincinnati and hope to work a lot more games in the future. Yeah, I know it's been a lot of it's been really cool, obviously. You know, seeing the Sabo name back with the Reds organization is something that I know a lot of people are really excited about. Like you mentioned, like opening day, just seeing that love and support, I'm sure is neat. Um, you, you know, we talked for a few minutes before we got on air um, about just kind of the state of the team. And you mentioned, obviously, like we all have, we'd like to see this team get off to a better start. They have definitely played better in, in the weeks past. I know there's seven Pirates games in there, and that certainly doesn't hurt. But, you know, they still are playing good baseball at the moment. When you look at this roster and like how you kind of like see like everything that how it's kind of played out, like what do you kind of take away from where this team's at currently and like, you know, the good and the bad so far? Well, the bad, I will say, has been injuries. I mean, there's no getting around that. This team has been so beaten down by injuries. It seems like when one guy gets healthy, someone else goes down for an extended period period of time. I know Joey Votto is expected to make his return to the field, hopefully on Friday in his hometown of Toronto. So hopefully he returns uh, back in action, but he's had a slow start to the year. I just think it's a matter of all the puzzle pieces kind of coming together. I know there's been injuries, but it seems like in all the games that I've covered so far, it seems like when starting pitching is working for the Reds, the bullpen is not working. And when, you know, the pitching is on, the hitting's not working. It seems like all phases of the game aren't working in unison. And it seems like that's starting to kind of come together we've seen some better starting pitching performances from the reds and i look forward to tyler malley's return to the mound uh in cleveland tomorrow so i think that's the bad to me has been the injuries no one's been able to stay healthy and whether that be injuries or players being put on the covid list that's the bad in terms of the good there's been a lot of young prospects on this team i'm gonna highlight the uh the pitching staff a little bit in Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo. I can't wait to see Nick Lodolo whenever he gets healthy and, and back on this team. But um, when it comes to a rookie reliever, Alexis Diaz has been lights out. So I think there is a lot of youth on this team, especially from a pitching perspective, that should have Reds fans excited for years to come. I know this season has not started the way that Reds fans at home would, would like to see, but I think you got to look you know, two, three years down the road and say, I think this team in a couple of years could be something really special. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the route that we, we play here. Um, you know, it's yeah. super, super easy to be negative and, you know, especially how things happen. Like, obviously we're disappointed. We're frustrated, but like, we are not the podcast that comes that you come here and tell us to sell the team. We're not those people. Um, as a matter of fact, we hate those people. Uh, I'm kidding, <laughs> kidding, kidding, everybody. We love you. Thanks for listening. Um, but yeah, I think like, that's the way, like the, you know, the glass half full kind of way to look at it. Um, Obviously, Green just had that incredible game, which I know we'll probably talk about quite a bit. Um, but not just that, but like, you know, Alexis Diaz coming on, uh, Nicola Dolo, Tyler Stevenson becoming maybe the best offensive catcher in the National League in front of our own eyes. And, you know, what happens when Jonathan Indy comes back as they move forward? Like, yeah, I think like that's like the perfect way to look at where this team's at right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not 
I think in this in this world that we live in right now, we expect fast results and uh, and results to happen overnight. That's not necessarily the case with the Reds. This year um, was not helped by all the offseason moves, but I mean, we can't complain and talk about that. We got to stay in the present and focus on the, the roster that we have now. And I think it's not going to be an overnight fix or quick fix, but I think that, you know, yeah, even as soon as next season, I mean, who knows? This team could really, once they find a groove here and everyone gets healthy, take off. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I know I wanted to get Carlos's thoughts on this, so I'll ask you that as well. So obviously, there's been a lot of discussion about Sunday uh, with Hunter Green and throwing, like going into the eighth inning, you know, only his seventh major league start throwing 118 pitches. Um, obviously, he had a no hit ball. I know how the game ended. And the way that he reacted to how it ended was great. I think he handled himself perfectly. Um, but the controversy, I think, is a lot of people really concerned that this 22-year-old kid threw 118 pitches. And the game situation, I have no problem with where they pulled him. But, you know, I think, and like, but I don't really necessarily have an issue with the amount of pitches he's thrown quite necessarily. So I was kind of curious, like, what your thoughts were on the end game result. I think that baseball has changed a lot, not only, you know, in my dad's era to now, but maybe within the last five years or so where pitch count far outweighs game situations, in my opinion. I think when it comes to keeping guys healthy, I mean, granted, the last three season three seasons have been rather unconven- unconventional with all the with all the COVID issues, but I think that pitch count is just it's such a determining factor in whether guys are stay in the game or are pulled from the game. Whether or not, I mean, I, I feel like the game situation doesn't even matter. I just feel like pitch count in this day and age is the end all be all. And I don't necessarily agree with that all the time. I think in, in some instances, you know, managers are just trying to keep guys, especially a young guy like rookie Hunter Green healthy and, and uh, ready to go throughout the course of 162 games. I get that. But at the same time, I mean, I would have kept him in there. I totally would have. Um, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to either decision, but I probably would have kept him in there just for uh, more confidence, I would say. Um, that's what I personally would do, but I just think pitch count rules. I mean, even to throw 118 pitches, it seems like guys are capping out at, you know, once you hit, you know, 85, 90 pitches, it's like get them out of here regardless of the game situation. And that's my thought. Yeah, I think um, I think David Bell handled it perfectly. Um, he's David Bell, you know, he's said in the past, he's shown it, he's talked about it in interviews, you know, he accepts what's going on where the game is going. He takes those numbers, but then again, he's one of the, you know, one of the guys who's, who's still involved. I mean, his, his, his dad taught him the game, his dad managed. So he's still got that side in him too. And that's what we saw on Sunday was kind of that almost old school. And it's not like 118 pitches is some far reach out of what Hunter's thrown. His last outing, he threw 100 pitches. You know, he's he threw 99, I think, um, as well. And then he's thrown 100 pitches a couple of times in the minor league. So this is not like some new, like gigantic hurdle. If there's a year to do that, this would be the year to do it. You know, whenever we can we can miss with him going between 100 and 120 pitches, we'll see where he's at. So where next year, maybe they decide to, you know, something special happens and they can put a team together. We're not having to experiment with that in, you know, next August or next September, whenever we need to we need to know what we have with him. So if, if there's a time to extend him, I believe the time is now. And it's what they did that he's going to have an extra day off. Um, 
uh, with the the day off that they have scheduled within the, so I mean I think he handled it perfect. And even if they had to skip a start, so be it. Um, for him to learn to push his body, you know, even though when he went out there for that eighth inning, he didn't have his stuff clearly, but it still it gets your body used to it. It's like how I talk about spring training. You can throw as many bullpens as you want, but until you get to spring training, you you don't really activate those muscles that you're going to get sore from, and you have to get sore from those muscles to get ready for the season. And that's kind of what he's doing by going, by pushing it the extra 18 pitches that next inning where now his body's going to be like, oh, okay, I've been here before. I don't have to, you know, be in, in kind of a shock. So, I mean, I think he handled it perfect. He, he gave him the chance for the no-hitter, um, sending him back out there. Maybe he, he went nine pitches, three outs, and nine pitches, three outs the next time at 118 pitches. But I'm glad he gave him the opportunity for it. Yeah, an opportunity to build upon. Yeah, I mean, it's just – all about conditioning. I mean, I've never pitched in, in the big leagues before, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, definitely giving him some extra, extra works uh, and an extra day off. I mean, I think is definitely going to benefit him in the long run. And he's just been so much fun to watch. I mean, so, uh, so much fun to watch handles himself. Like he's been in the big leagues talking to me personnel is- for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. His mountain presence is a, like a 10 year old vet. Like I made a comment about it. Um, I don't know, I guess a Sunday afternoon, but whenever I was watching him, you know, like in the sixth inning, the fifth, sixth inning, whenever he was just totally locked in, like, you know, they, they put the, the close up of just his face and he like misses, misses, uh, the inside corner by about two inches. And he's just like, rolls his eyes, doesn't show too much emotion. And I was like, God, that's like the Tiger Woods focus that I see on Sunday. You only see this in like rare athletes. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's going to be Tiger Woods level, but the focus that he had, it was like, oh my God, he's not saying dropping a big F-bomb. He's not, you know, showboating after a strikeout. He's keeping it even kill, but within within himself, yeah. he knows how easy it was to, to, to make that adjustment, but he didn't do it, so he got annoyed with himself. And that, to me, just shows so much like confidence and so much, I mean... Promise for the future, I would say. Yeah, for real. Yeah. that now as a rookie, I mean, imagine him three years down the road. And the way he speaks in his interviews, I'm like, holy cow, we got something special <laughs> yeah. here. Right. I had, a, I had a hard time believing there would ever be a pitcher I would think would be more fun than a role to Chapman. And like, I think he already is more fun than a role to Chapman. And believe me, there was nothing like when role Chapman came out of the ninth inning in a two run game. But this is, this is the one thing that tops it. Just the ins and outs, like his learning pitch by pitch has been a blast. So I I'm with you guys. I think it was tremendous. He got a shot. And what's I totally- wild is, is that he didn't even pitch that great. Yeah, like, I think it was like a yeah. He didn't give up any hits. Strike. Five walks. He had a lot. His his balls to strike ratio was not good. And I mean, he threw sixty something sliders, and he still took a no hitter. I mean, it was the Pirates, but still, it's unbelievable. It's the big leagues. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a off day. <laughs> yeah, I'm off day like that. I'm celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there's like there's far more issues in with this team than did Hunter Green throw too many pitches in that game, and um, I, I I love that he got a shot. I cannot wait to see what he does against a heavy Toronto lineup this weekend. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun to see him go against guys like Bo and Vladdy, and you know, look, it might not go his way, but like we're gonna see him rise to the challenge because that's mm-hmm. what he's shown he can do. So I love it. What day is he pitching in Toronto? I believe Friday. 
Friday? I have to double check that. Or it could be, yeah, Friday or Saturday. I have Either Friday or Saturday night. Hopefully that 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 place will be packed because that's such a fun game to watch oh, on yeah. TV whenever they fill that stadium. Mm-hmm. It's they're super excited, so that'll be fun. Toronto, I yeah, love that city. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's gonna be a blast. Fact check: Hunter Green is scheduled to start on Saturday. So, Andy, I know we, we said we'd have about 25 minutes. Uh, so I just have two more questions, so that's okay. I know you want to yeah, sure. chill for your flight. Um, <laughs> the first one is obviously I want to get – so, you know, we've talked about it a little bit here. We kind of get your thoughts further. We know that this team is very likely not going to make a postseason run or make some big run to get to uh, get on, get get to where they need to be. There's, like you said, like this kind of just about developing the young younger players and moving forward with the future. Uh, what is it you want to see from this team kind of the rest of the year as they kind of you know, progress through the remainder of the season? I think first and foremost, I want to see this entire team get 100% healthy and see what we've, what we've got. I think that's step one. I mean, we've never, even to begin the season, we haven't had this whole roster completely healthy. So step one, I think, would just be getting all these guys healthy, seeing what we have, and then maybe in the offseason, seeing what – the front office can do in terms of adding some pieces that they maybe have, have taken away this past off season. What can we acquire in the off season perhaps to bolster uh, a rock? In my opinion is very talented. It's just, like I said earlier, it's just when one thing's working, the other one isn't. It's just when all phases of the game come together and work in unison. And once everyone is healthy, I want to see this team and, and see what we've got. Cause I truly believe from a pitching perspective and from a hitting perspective, I think this team doesn't lack any talent. I think the talent's all there. It's just, I mean, let's not forget, they started the season against very, very hard teams. Right. Teams that will most likely make the postseason. So I think, you know, maybe playing the Pirates and getting back on track will instill some confidence. But I just think health is wealth in in not only sports, but in life. So I think that's something that I would really like to see. And then just finding how this team rides some of this, these uh, momentum waves, if you will, how do you keep it going? What this team can do to ride some of these uh, momentum waves and uh, keep going and, and, and get healthy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So the last one's going to be a fun one. You can plead the fifth if you please. Oh gosh. Okay. How many games in a row of a winning streak would it take for you to break out the rec specs on television? Oh gosh. Well, I've told people we have moved so many times. Uh, I think my mom may have them somewhere because my, my parents live in Florida too, but then my dad coaches at Akron. So they're back and forth between Florida and Ohio as well. She has them somewhere. I don't know where they are. I know there's one pair that my dad has lent the Reds hall of fame. So maybe they could help me get those out of the case and wear them. I would probably say, man, I don't mind having fun on live television, making fun of myself. So I'm, I'd maybe say five games. Five All games. Right. Do it. Five games. Nice. The Reds win five in a row. Annie Sabo breaks out the Chris Sabo Rex back. Sure. So you, you heard it here on Late Night Reds Talk Live, folks. Why not? Um, I love it. I did want to show real quick. So we do have a chat that goes on during the show. And we did from Branch Brown get a couple cool comments where um, he talked about how he loved your dad. And Ooh. he said he also begged for the Rex back <laughs> at one point in his life. <laughs> So I wanted to make sure you got to see those um, before, you know, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us. So sorry about all the confusion. It was just a crazy day. It um, was. <laughs> before we get you out of here, 
uh, please take a moment to shout out your social media where the fans and listeners can find you. And obviously I know we'll see you on TV tomorrow, but where they can interact with you. Yeah. On Twitter, I think it's, you just type my name, Annie Sabo on Twitter and Instagram. Those are the only two things that I have. One's like Annie underscore Sabo and the other one's Annie Sabo underscore. I can't remember, but type in my name, Annie Sabo. I have Twitter and Instagram. That's all I have, but I'm more active on Instagram than, than I am on Twitter, but I try, try my hardest. I'm with you. I, I, <laughs> I, there's too much to keep up with anymore. My gosh. And no, I don't have Snapchat. People always ask me that. And I'm like, no, I don't have that. Sorry. I'm out. Yeah. I feel like once you're above the age of 26, that's kind of like, <laughs> I'm too gone, old though. for that. Yeah. I'm 33 and I don't have it. So I feel like, I feel like we can justify that. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram. That's all I got. And Facebook couldn't do anymore. So I'll see you on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. <laughs> Well, thank you again so much. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we can't wait to have you back on. And uh, four wins away. Four wins away. Four, four, four wins away until the Rex Specs come out. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. So that was a blast. I uh, really had a lot of fun having Andy on the show. Yeah. Uh, really good interview. I'm excited we now know what it would take to break out the Rex Specs there. Yeah, she's ready to go. I mean, yeah. no fear. not crazy. No. I said eight and I'd get a tattoo. She said five and she's going to get... Some Rex specs breaking back, so got, I like it. Oh, look who uh, decided to say hello to us tonight, buddy. Oh, Andrea Kirby, not out with the hubby tonight. Hey, Andrea, great to see you. Sorry I didn't miss you in Cleveland this week. I wish I was there. Um, but real quick, um, want to kind of touch on a few things. So it looks like the game plan might be that Joey is going to be in Dayton this week. Uh, doing rehab. What'd you think of his Doctor Strange Louisville Bats jersey? It looks a little, looks a little great, didn't it? Yeah, I, I saw. <laughs> I really didn't pay much attention. I'm like, what the hell is that? Then, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know who Doctor Strange is. Sorry, buddy. I love like when like the players go on their minor league assignments and they like just take with the jersey number that's there, and it's always some off the wall uniform number. So seeing him wear 39 was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so it sounded like the, like she said, it's a possibility he could be back this weekend, back in Canada, playing his former yeah, I think that's where he's the Blue going Jays. Friday. Yeah. Think, yeah. Did he uh, tell stay, you? He'll get to stay at home, sleep in his own bed. Doesn't get to happen too nice. often. Yeah. Mm-mm. Did he tell you if he was hitting any of the old stomping grounds from your Dayton Dragons days while he was there this week? No. No. Staying away from all that. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Um, so obviously, kind of see what's coming up the rest of the week. So tomorrow, obviously, like I said, we've got the the reschedule with the Guardians. Uh, last night's game was heck was hella fun. Um, Alexis Diaz, you know, winning the game on a walk, pretty good time. Oh my god! Don't know if I've seen that too often. Oh. Did that ever happen during your playing career? Do you ever? Did you ever want something like that? Not you specifically, but in a game where like the game, the game winning run was walked in. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's not that uncommon, especially at the lower levels. Yeah, but I was confused at why they didn't bring him in earlier in the game. Uh, whenever they brought Santi on, I thought that's what was in the perfect spot for for Diaz, but I guess they wanted to save him. No, because he couldn't even say they wanted to save him to close it because they brought in Art Warren. So that was confusing to me. Hopefully, 
after what he did, even though it was pretty shaky. You could tell he was nervous. Tyler Stevenson kept telling him to breathe and slow down. Um, but that that's going to help him grow a lot too, is being put in that situation and getting, you know, out of that jam, you know, was kind of a little lucky, but um, I mean, you can take, take what you can get, I guess. What did you like what you saw from him out of curiosity as a pitcher? Like what was there anything that really jumped out that impressed you? Not really. His, his first two outs obviously were fine, but that you could tell right away that he was getting super nervous once somebody got on. Um, but again, I mean, he's a rookie, man. It's, it's major league baseball. That's his dream. Yeah. He's living his dream. So I don't care how tough of a guy you are in the minor leagues and stuff like that. It's different up there. Uh, it means a whole lot more. So, and he knows if he fails in that situation, he's probably not going to get an opportunity for another couple of weeks. So there's, there's a lot going on in there mentally, which it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, judge him on his stuff at that time. But, you know, whenever it comes up again, maybe ask me that question again and we'll, we'll talk about it then. Sure. Yeah, I'll bookmark it for sure. Well, I think other than that, man, uh, not a whole lot, obviously, with a postponed game today, but you got the Blue Jays coming up, and the next week you got a long home stand. You got four with the Cubbies and three with the Giants. Um, obviously, it's nice to see the team come home, and then they go back on the road, and they go to Boston, play a couple games at Fenway. Pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah, yeah me and uh, my son Charlie, we got our, our first playoff game. That's right. Um, we're the Blue Jays, and we're playing the Reds in round one <laughs> on Saturday That's morning. Yeah. What position does your son play? Everywhere. Okay. I mean, he's five right now, so they play five, six, and seven-year-olds, so he's one of the smaller gotcha. ones. And I just put him – try to put him at pitcher or catcher at first base, you know, where there's action constantly, so he can be involved because he will get bored. He's one of those kids that I put him in the outfield – no chance he's got paying attention. <laughs> Do you teach him a screwball yet? Not yet. No, that day's coming though. It's coming. <laughs> Perfect. Well, hey man, um, I know it's a little bit of a shorter show this week uh, with Nick being gone and kind of having an awesome guest. That was a lot of fun. So I'm glad that we got to put this together and fill in real quick. Um, anything you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I got nothing. Uh, actually kind of excited to see, um, Ashcraft, Ashcroft, Ashcraft. Yeah, so he's on the he got put on the squad. taxi squad, so that means he's going to get a, a start here pretty quick. I don't know, maybe he might fill in for Hunter Green, skip his spot. Who knows where it's coming up? But I'm excited to watch him pitch because I saw him in spring training the one time. It, it didn't look very good, but um, our buddy Doug Gray said he sent me a a tweet saying he's only given up one extra base hit in seven starts. Wow, that's ridiculous. That'd be ridiculous for a 12 year old kid doing that in the all-star team. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And Connor Overton, Jesus, how many more outings does he have to shove before people like me start giving him credit? I don't know. Yeah. He's been really good, man. Um, I know he's good with lots. Like yesterday it was really good. He didn't give a whole lot of hard hit balls and was locating his stuff. I was, I was pretty impressed yesterday. Yeah. That was cool to watch. So yeah, just get healthy, man. And, and entertain us. That's all we can ask for this year. That's all we could ask for this year. For sure. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Late Night Reds Talk Live, part of the Believe Network, sponsored as always by our friends at Bet Online. We'll look forward to seeing everyone next week. We're planning on going live immediately after uh, Cubs Reds, and we are hoping to have our good friend Joey Ricardo, one of the actual good Cubs fans out there, join the show. Go Reds.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.